Well, good Sunday morning to everybody. It's a beautiful day out there. You're listening to The Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright. This show is about our rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard of and care about would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to, well, trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Every year, more and more of our personal rights are erased from the books, and we watch it happen. We don't do anything, mostly because we don't know anything that, about it. We don't hear it's going on. We don't see it day to day, but we certainly care. Our lives are busy enough trying to feed our families and raise our kids. And while we're doing this, we're busying ourselves with life. It's that, well, the metaphorical water temperature keeps rising all around us. And you've all heard the example about the frog who gets boiled without even knowing it. That's what we're talking about. On this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me. The citizens of America, we take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, to vote or to speak freely. Uh, Basically, in short, anything that involves living the American dream. Let's get right to it. We've got a big show ahead of us today. So, a man gets put on trial for political crimes, but the media is prohibited and the record of the proceedings are sealed. He is convicted and America gasps. You see, the trial took place in Czechoslovakia in 1953. I picture, I picture a group of young Americans sitting on a park bench discussing the verdict. They say, that could never happen in America. We don't allow secrecy in our courts. Everyone is entitled to know what the courts are up to, especially where public safety is concerned. Fast forward 1978, a powerful American corporation pollutes a South American rainforest. They do this and they pay to keep a trial secret. Back in America, children of the first group sit on the same park bench and they lament the local people who were affected. But at the same time, they loudly sing the praises, the ones that they're used to hearing. That can never happen in America. We don't allow secrecy in our courts. Everyone is entitled to know what our courts are up to, especially where public safety is concerned. Again, in January of 2013, I picture those Americans' grandchildren sitting on the same park bench, pointing at India's judicial system with snide superiority while five men are tried in secret, in secret, for the gang assault and killing of a young girl on a city bus. That could never happen in America, the grandchildren cried. We don't allow secrecy in our courts. Everyone is entitled to know what the courts are up to, especially where public safety is concerned. Ladies and gentlemen, but in 2012, a United States federal court closed, closed an important trial. And this trial was related to public safety, and they even let the main party remain anonymous. And the children on the park bench couldn't show outrage because the whole trial was secret, and they were none the wiser. Did I pique your curiosity? Did I make you sit up in your chair? Yes, in America, secret trials apparently are possible, even where public safety is exactly the issue at hand. Specifically, the Consumer Product Safety Commission. You've heard of them, the CPSC. This is the public agency. who are, they're, the, they're the front runners. They're the ones who are out there letting us know about dangerous products. They're the ones who let us know before a product can maim or cripple or kill somebody. They're oftentimes the only line of defense, ladies and gentlemen, between your child's lips and a toy filled with lead. 
the CPSC works hard to bring out uh, into the open these public dangers. I mean, the idea is public review and inspection. And the agency, of course, they've had their own share of problems. They're constantly underfunded. They're short-staffed. And, and for years, the Consumer Product Safety Commission has searched for a way to bring transparency to the system. Enter the Internet. In 2008, the CPSC created an online database designed to make it easier, easier for consumers to find out about products that may pose a danger. What a great idea. To make it even better, the website allowed users to post their own reviews about the products they use. Sounds fair, right? I mean, it's sort of like Google Plus or Yelp or TripAdvisor, but for products. Ladies and gentlemen, if you just tuned in, you're listening to The Wyatt Wright Show. Today we're discussing the Consumer Product Safety Commission and secrecy that you don't know about. But having more eyes on products makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, consider that in the late 1970s, 90% of our kids' toys were made here in America. But by 2007, this dropped to less than 13%. So in the eyes of the CPSC... This transparency was a great idea. In fact, it was so appealing to them because it was oftentimes months or years before information on a dangerous product could reach the public. And during that time, people can get hurt. People can die. So a self-posting website helped to bridge the gap in time and allowed Americans to speak about products to other Americans. What a concept. Transparency. So the website served its purpose, and in due course, voila, a complaint about a consumer product was posted on the website, complete with a report of harm, get this, that was also filed with a local government agency. So come on, Wyatt, stop with all the suspense. Tell us what the product was. Well, that is the point. I can't. Not because I don't want to. But because as soon as the report appeared online, the manufacturer of the product sued the CPSC to take the bad report down. But this was no ordinary lawsuit. No, no. This lawsuit used a fake name for the manufacturer, which called itself Company Doe. Company Doe asked the federal court to keep its name silent, seal the court records, and also order the Consumer Product Safety Commission to remove the entry from its website. But don't worry. That can't happen in America, right? Wrong. The federal court granted Company Doe's request. The record was sealed. The product wasn't mentioned. And the entire nation has been deprived of this user safety complaint about a product. Can that product kill? I have no idea. I can't find out and neither can you. Well, okay, Wyatt, I, I get it. But but what if the product is really safe after all? I mean, what if this is a bunch of malarkey over nothing? To that I say, Fantastic. Fantastic. Then let the product be vindicated out in the open. When we start sealing records, we're silencing free speech, the same kind of speech used in courtrooms around the country every day. When is the last time you saw an accused criminal get a fake name and uh, confidentiality as part of his or her trial? Never. We don't allow anonymity for persons wrongly accused or not. That is the system. Winning is vindication. Losing is conviction. Are there exceptions? Yes, of course. But they're reserved for victims, not the accused. A victim in an assault case, sure, anonymity may be proper, but not the accused. The mantra you're searching for right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the grand concept which Americans call open courts. 
Our courts are open and public, and for very good reason. It wasn't that long ago when kings and queens used to use secret proceedings against their enemies, political and otherwise, and the most famous of all was the Star Chamber, whose sessions were held in secret. No jury, no witnesses, no right to appeal. But Americans said, we're not living that way. We want protections in place to prevent that slippery slope, to prevent those abuses. We have public trials. We have the right to remain silent. We have rights to counsel, and we have jury trials. And it is the people who keep it all in check, the people, by by paying attention, staying apprised of court proceedings through public access, the media. And when we stop to catalog the reasons in favor of public trials, we see that they're essential to the rule of law. One author put it just brilliantly. He said, the public resolution of court cases and controversies affords accountability. It fosters public confidence and provides notice of the legal consequences of behaviors and choices. I mean, taking the time to understand what is happening in our courts is a very critical part of the process. So we need some help to understand how all this occurred in this particular case because we don't want to go down that road. We better get a guest in here to help us examine that. And luckily for us, we have a fabulous per- per- a person joining us today just for that purpose. Joining us today is public interest attorney Scott Michaelman. He is an attorney for the consumer advocacy group Public Citizen in Washington, D.C. Mr. Michaelman's career as a public interest litigator has spanned a broad range of social justice and civil rights issues, uh, including access to the courts, which is what we're talking about, consumer rights, discrimination and selective enforcement, freedom of speech and press, and habeas corpus rights. Mr. Michaelman has argued before the United States Supreme Court and has been interviewed regarding his work by CNN MSNBC, look, the list goes on. Let's get him on the show. Mr. Michaelman, thank you for joining us today on The Wyatt Wright Show. Thank you for having me. Okay, now, help me with this. Uh, Here's what's amazing to me. If you've got a dry cleaner, uh, let's just say a dry cleaner gets a bad review uh, on Yelp, there is no chance at all that he's going to get that bad review removed, but a potential safety risk can be hidden whole cloth from a government website. What happened? We're, we're still trying to figure that out, Wyatt. It's oh, really? astonishing to us uh, what, um, what happened in this case. When we learned, uh, first learned that the company, Company Doe, had filed this unusual, perhaps even unprecedented request for uh, the use of a pseudonym and the sealing of the proceedings okay. in which it sought to remove this complaint from the database, we objected, as we're allowed to do under the uh, rules of the court. Then we heard nothing for nine months. Then we learned that the case, that that the motion had been decided. The court decided, to our surprise, to seal the case, permit the pseudonym, and most surprising to us, they told us they had already decided the case. The judge, at the same time he sealed the case, ruled on the merits based on nine months of secret proceedings. Oh my goodness! We've got <laughs> not only do we have not only do we have the identity of the company and the product uh, being kept secret, but you're telling me that the entire proceedings and and the way the court ruled are secret as well. That's right. We were quite surprised that we hadn't heard anything for several months. Makes on sense. Our objection to the motion to seal, we assumed the motion to seal was still pending and that the court was just taking its time, being careful uh, to decide it correctly. No, the court actually was forging ahead and holding secret hearings, oral arguments, 
taking motions, exhibits, hearing from experts, all without public participation or oversight. Now, you know, I I mentioned a little bit in the monologue, and, you know, I I like to set the scene, but we we talk about uh, in circumstances that when might confidentiality be expected or or cases that we might see it, and and I'm sure you can give us some examples, but, but do we see it in this type? Have we ever seen it in this type of a case before? Not that I'm aware of. This uh, court secrecy is uh, is obviously not not the rule uh, in our our system of open government. There are a few isolated areas sure. where it is uh, done occasionally or, or even regularly, but but these are areas like national security, of course, grand jury investigations, okay. or, or even in, in one corporate context to protect trade secrets. Sure. But this isn't about trade secrets. This is a company seeking to protect its reputation from the possibility, not even a certainty, the possibility of bad press relating to an allegation uh, that its product was harmful. But that's that's not a good enough reason. Just mere embarrassment doesn't entitle litigants to insist on court secrecy. No, I, I hear what you're saying, and in fact, this is what what troubles me uh, some. And I and I know our listeners are are interested in this too. We're not saying, and there's nobody saying here today that that product was bad or harmful, or that that company acted improperly. That's not the point. The point is that we don't even have the ability to look in the window and judge for ourselves uh, how the the room is arranged. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about here, isn't it? That's right. So when the court ruled on the merits, the district court uh, ruled that the company's product uh, shouldn't go on the database, that it was there wasn't a close enough relationship, it appears from the court's redacted decision, which we still don't have all of, okay. um, that there wasn't a close enough relationship between the reported harm and the product. Therefore, essentially, the company should be in the clear. But we don't know why. We don't know the facts. We don't know the name of the product. The court relied on experts. Who were they? What precisely did they say? And further, we don't know what, uh, what kind of testimony the court heard overall. So we can't evaluate as public citizens what, uh, how the court performed its job. We can't uh, exercise any meaningful, meaningful oversight of our government when that government conducts its business in secret. Right, and of course that's always a, a problem. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Wyatt Wright Show. Today we have on the show joining us uh, Scott Michaelman. He's attorney for the public advocacy group called Public Citizen up in headquarters, uh, Washington, D.C., and we're talking about the Consumer Product Safety Commission and the fact that that a posting on their site was ordered taken down in secret by a federal judge just last year. Now, Mr. Michaelman, uh, here we've got this opinion, and you mentioned that the court said that there wasn't a close enough relationship between the harm and the product to show that they did anything, and you also told us that that might then mean that, in fact, they ought to be vindicated or exonerated. I get that. But is the court here telling us that there's a new standard? I mean, is the standard now, if you can't get really, really close in, in some type of allegation, then, then you're not even entitled to file uh, this in the public domain, and if you do, you're entitled to secrecy? Is that, is that a new standard that's now being set? Well, one of the problems is we can't judge how new it is because – we don't know the facts of the case. One of the ways that lawyers learn what rules mean and figure out uh, how broad they are mm-hmm. is looking at particular applications. So when the judge said there isn't a close enough connection, it matters how close the connection in this case was. I mean, if, if someone alleged that 
you know, a lawnmower caused a heart attack because the moment the lawnmower started uh, across the across the road, she had a heart attack. Then right. it's pretty easy to see that uh, the court probably acted reasonably, and uh, and the complaint shouldn't have been in there because it's just a total coincidence. But we have but, the ability to see that. But we don't know right. what the product was, what the alleged connection to the harm was, and so we don't know the scope of the rule. It's possible that there could could be a much closer connection, and yet the court still held that the report could not go into the government database. Now, is there a particular standard in this type of instance? Is there something that the court was perhaps required to, to analyze before it could make the decision to seal the proceedings in the record, or does the court, the court just have carte blanche to do that uh, at any time? No, actually, there's a, there's a very strict standard. In fact, the standard is the First Amendment. I see. The public has a First Amendment right of access to judicial proceedings, and that, uh, that right uh, can only be overcome by a showing of a compelling state interest or a, a, uh, or a compelling interest on the, on the part of the private party. But no interest has been shown here other than uh, corporate reputation. That's just amazing. You know, I was in, in, in preparation for, for our show today. Uh, I started looking to see what would happen here in Texas. And, and, and uh, you know, of course, this is a national case, so certainly it affects everybody nationally, and it sets a precedent that's not good anywhere. But I'm, I'm thinking about Texas, and I found a, a Texas Supreme Court uh, 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 quote that I think was very poignant because they talk about it in the context of open courts. And here's what our Texas Supreme Court has to say. They said there are vital social Social interests served by the free dissemination of information about events having legal consequences and about legal proceedings themselves. The public has a right to know about threats to its safety and measures aimed at assuring its security. It also has a legitimate interest in the conduct of judicial proceedings, particularly in matters of general public concern. Furthermore, the subject matter of legal proceedings is often of direct significance in debate and deliberation over questions of public policy. That quote came from our own Texas Supreme Court. Is that something that that you would agree with or the people who are watching this case that we're talking about would agree with? Absolutely. And I think that that really sums up nicely all of the different interests that are at stake here when a court decides that it needs to proceed in secret. And that's why Public Citizen has appealed the decision to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit sitting in Richmond, Virginia, to say, look, this is not right. There is a strong First Amendment interest the public has in the subject matter of the proceeding and in overseeing the court's and their work generally. So we are hopeful that the Fourth Circuit will not let the secrecy ruling stand. Well, now, and, and that's, that is hopeful, but let me ask you this. In the meantime, what is going on with this website and this database at the Consumer Product Safety Commission? Are, are we able to trust that what is showing up now uh, is accurately what's, what's, what people are posting, or, or, or is there some other secret proceeding perhaps going on that we don't know about? How confident can I be? Well, I, I would say, unfortunately, we can't be completely confident because on the heels of this, uh, the ruling uh, by the court in the company Doe case, it is possible that another court, uh, that another company would have uh, tried to do the same thing, get something removed in secret. Now, it's it's unlikely to me that the, the even the existence of the case would be secret, but... You know, it, it, it is 
it is a possibility, particularly if nobody happened to notice the filing and the um, I see. the the motion to seal the case flew under the under the radar of the press. In in our case, we learned about the uh, the existence of the case and the motion to seal because the. Uh, the case was reported in the press. When it was filed, the Washington Post and the Associated Press reported on the case, and that gave us the opportunity to go into the federal court and say, wait, 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 don't seal this case. We have a right as the public to know what's going on here. Now, if uh, if the press misses one, a company could, could walk sure. into court, sue the CPSC, argue for it to be sealed, and citing this decision as precedent, uh, a judge might agree with them. Oh, see, now that's the thing that just really bothers me. What is the Consumer Product Safety Commission's position on all this? I mean, are are they remaining silent in the matter, or do they have a voice uh, one way or the other? Well, what what we learned from the district court's redacted opinion, and, and by redacted I mean they, they edited out, uh, the court edited out blocks of text, about 10% of the whole decision uh, is is unavailable under, under black boxes. Is that... Is that kind of like when you look at a piece of paper and there's a bunch of black lines everywhere that block things that's, out? Okay. That's, that's it. We learned from that decision that the government took a position in the district court that the case should be open. So uh, this is an unusual case where you have public advocates and the government, which you know sometimes has its own interest in proceeding in secret, both saying to the court, open this thing up, and uh, the, court, the court disagreed. But the court... The, uh, what the CPSC did not do is um, is pursue an appeal of the decision. So it's just us, public citizen, along with our allies, Consumers Union and Consumer Federation of America, taking on Company Doe at the Fourth Circuit, trying to get the secrecy reversed. Now that's something that uh, that we it, it hopefully and it sounds like you're still allowed to do this. But uh, the way that that I uh, understood these types of of secrecy rulings is that the ability to unseal or move to unseal is inherent in. Any person, anybody can ask for that to be done. Is that accurate? That's right. I, I, most most courts agree that even after a case is over, members of the public can come in and seek to unseal it for for various reasons because of that strong public right of access to judicial proceedings. I suppose it's possible that that some courts might might take the view that 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 there's a time limitation, but, but most courts uh, do recognize uh, that, that anyone can come in at any time and seek unsealing. Now, we've been in this case from the beginning because we thought nothing about this case should be secret, right. and that's what we're fighting for on appeal. Right, and that, that to me makes the most sense. So here we are talking about a case in America that gets hidden from the public, and we're not talking about allegations of national security. We're not talking about protecting the identity of a victim of some type of an assault. We're not talking about a grand jury proceeding. Instead, we're talking about one company who says, eh, I'm concerned about my reputation, and they're able to get a complete proceeding sealed and confidentiality put in place. Did I get it right? That's, that's exactly it. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing that everybody ought to be concerned about. I know we're concerned about it here. As we watch this progress, uh, and now we've got the fourth court, and there's no idea when they might rule. Is that true? That's right. They, they generally take, uh, they take a few months after briefing is complete to set an argument. So this will be heard in open court, uh, hopefully by the end of the year. But we probably won't get a decision until 2014. Now, how does that argument take place? If this thing was already been sealed, aren't the appellate courts also open, or will that be sealed as well? 
No, my my understanding and my assumption is that in this case they will hold an open argument in part because I, representing the consumer groups, don't actually know any of the details that I are see. under seal. I see. Uh, it, it, now, now it, it's important to remember that uh, Company Doe has made an ex parte submission under seal as well. So that means they've made their own uh, their own submission of, of facts that only they can see about. It's a private ex parte is a private communication with the court. That's that's right. They've, okay. they've made their own submission, but but the Fourth Circuit's rules are, are very strong about preserving open proceedings. So um, I'm fairly confident that this is going to be argued in open court when it is argued, and that the judges. It is my hope that the judges in that case uh, will take a dim view of the closure that occurred here. Well, I certainly hope that that's exactly the case, and it seems to me that this type of an argument can be made based on the concepts involved, even if not on the merits themselves. Scott uh, Michaelman, I've got to thank you for joining us today. It's been very enlightening. You've given us a good idea about what we're facing here. By the way, keep up the good work up there in Washington, D.C. Thanks so much, Wyatt. Uh, Scott Michaelman is an attorney for the Consumer Advocacy Group, Public Citizen. They're headquartered in Washington, D.C. Go check these folks out. They're at www.citizen.org. They are a truly great group of folks doing everything they can to level the playing field between giant mega corporations and the, and the common person. I've seen them do it. Uh, they do great work for everybody. Go visit them at citizens.org. Ladies and gentlemen, people are losing access to justice every week. Every week, the integrity of our justice system is it's oftentimes the only thing left. The only thing left at the end of the day, that's what preserves our rights and our liberties. If if Congress goes amok, if the executive branch goes amok, the courts are there to preserve our rights and liberties. They give us the venue to complain about wrongs and injuries This is more important now than ever before because big business, big corporations dominate our political process. Listen, we can't depend on politics alone to save the day. And when corporations act irresponsibly by hiding their dangerous products in plain sight, the last resort for Americans is to hold them accountable in our courts. If we aren't all accountable, then the rule of law means very little indeed. Don't let it happen. Our children deserve better. We're going to have to wrap up this show. But as you go through your week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we're to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment. Thou shalt not ration justice. Have a good day, everybody. Come visit us on the web at WyattWrightShow.com. Like us on Facebook or Twitter. Subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Whatever it is, come back and see us next week. Fight, fight, fight.